Welcome, friends, to this brand new edition of A Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry with Pastor Brad Abley. We're delighted that you've joined us today, and we've already been praying for you, that you would meet the Lord in a fresh new way. We've also been praying that you would be changed and transformed into the image of Jesus by the power of His Word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And now, let's resume our Know Your Faith series as we go through the entire Gospel of Luke patiently, slowly, and verse by verse. Here's Pastor Brad. Well, very warm greetings to you, my friends. This is Pastor Brad Abley with the Heart After God Bible Teaching Ministry, a ministry that is designed to take you deeper into the Word of God. I'm coming to you from Chesapeake, Virginia, and uh, we are in our series called the Know Your Faith series as we go through the Gospel of Luke. And in today's broadcast, we have a very important subject to go through, to understand, and it relates directly to us. That is for sure. And that is found in Luke 13, verses 18 through 21. If you have a Bible, please turn with me to Luke chapter 13 and verses 18 through 21. I'm going to read those, and then I'll come back to this brief passage later in the broadcast. Luke chapter 13 and verses 18 through 21. And so Luke tells us, speaking of Jesus, so he was saying, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a mustard seed, verse 19, which a man took and threw into his own garden, and it grew, and it became a tree, and the birds of the air nested in its branches. By the way, I have a mustard seed from a trip to Israel that I led many years ago, and it is, it is, uh, it's a very tiny seed. So this is remarkable that a tiny seed could grow to such an extent. Well, in verse 20, Luke tells us, and again, he said, to what shall I compare? The kingdom of God is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour until it was all leavened. Now, My friends, in the midst of a world that is falling apart, and it's falling apart throughout the world, everywhere, I have great and extraordinary news to share with you about God's plans for humanity, both now and throughout eternity. Listen, these plans involve him breaking into human history When he says man's time to rule this world is over with, and when Satan will no longer have power over men, women, and children. It doesn't look like that now. In fact, it's probably going to get, it's not probably going to get, we're living in the last days, it's going to get even worse before Jesus returns. But when this happens, and it could be soon, 
the Lord Jesus Christ will reign over all the earth in complete power and glory. But his reign, his rule, will be in complete peace, justice, and righteousness from Jerusalem for a thousand years. That's called the millennial reign, and then into the eternal state forever and ever and ever. What will that rule look like? No more corruption, no more war, no more crime, no more evil or suffering, but only for those who belong to him by surrendering their lives to him for forgiveness of sin and eternal life. It's only those who will receive present and eternal redemption and restoration. They and they alone are those who are then part of his kingdom, again, which is his rule and his reign. What is the kingdom of God? It is the reign of God. It is the rule of God in every sphere of society. Right now, it's a spiritual kingdom. But when Jesus returns to this earth, again, in power and glory to judge the world in righteousness, then his reign will be spiritual and visible over every aspect of life. His rule and reign will bring total redemption and total restoration to humanity. But again, hear me, my, my friends, only to those who submit to his lordship now. Where are you at? As you're listening to this broadcast, you're either in Christ or you're not. But if you're not and you want to be, then stay tuned until the end because I'm going to pray for you so you can receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior and forgiveness and eternal life. But my friends, there is more, much more. Listen, the entire Christian life is not about just getting up Sunday morning to go to church and then we've fulfilled our obligation. We put in our time, we put in our our duty, so to speak. And then maybe so for so many Americans, reading a few, maybe reading a devotional book, and I'm not against devotional books. I've got some that I've written. But there is so much more to this life. And this Christian life right now is one of training to rule and to reign with Jesus again for a thousand years and then into the eternal state. Listen, my friends, Jesus himself tells us in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 5, blessed are the gentle for they shall inherit the earth. But it's better to translate that, that Greek word gentle to humble. And this type of humility is a humility which is strength under control. It's not a weakness, but it's a submittedness, if you will, to the Lordship of Jesus. Those are Jesus' words. And then 
and I, I'm not going to take time to read all of the passages in Scripture, and they are many that speak about our rule and reign with Him. But let me just take you to Revelation chapter 2. Because what I want to do is I, I'm not going to take the time to show you even the verses in the Old Testament, but I want to focus solely on the words of Jesus for now. In Revelation chapter 2, remember we're speaking about the kingdom of God, the rule and reign of God. In Revelation chapter 2 and verse 26, this is Jesus speaking to the church in Thyatira. And he says this, He who overcomes and who keeps my deeds until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron, as the vessels of the potter are broken to pieces, as I also have received authority from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. Now, there are things there that I, I won't take time to get into, but what is what is striking, my friends, what is extraordinary is that this, this Jesus has just quoted from Psalm chapter 2. Now, Psalm 2 speaks of God the Father giving the rule and reign of the nations to God the Son, to the Messiah. And what Jesus is doing here is he is in turn including us in his rule and in his reign. That is what is striking to me. That is what is extraordinary to me. Now, before we go in on any longer, let me just share with you the title of today's message, which will be a, a series, because it, when we're speaking about the kingdom of God, one message is insufficient. We have to do a series on what the kingdom of God is. And based upon, if you've heard everything I've said thus far, based upon what I've said, you can certainly understand with me the vast importance of this subject. So let's pray before we go any further, and the title again of today's message is, What is the Kingdom of God? This is part one. What is the Kingdom of God? Part one. Let's pray. Father, thank you for every listener. And now we say, come Holy Spirit. You are the master teacher. We can learn nothing apart from you. And we need you to open our hearts, our eyes, our ears, to be eager for the Word of God, to consume every bit of it in dependence upon you, asking you to change us and to transform us into your image, Lord Jesus, for the glory of the Father. And we pray, Holy Father, that you would enable us to bear great fruit for your namesake through the way that we respond to this message. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen 
and amen. You know, I've been to this cathedral, St. Paul's Cathedral in London, and certainly one of, it is one of the most beautiful, inspiring, and striking cathedrals in the world. It was designed by the by the um, almost matchless um, ability of Sir Christopher Wren. And the construction was necessary because of the great fire in London of 1666, in which much of London, including the original St. Paul's Church building, was destroyed. Now, one day while he was observing the workers constructing the cathedral, he stopped to ask three different bricklayers what they were doing. And the first bricklayer replied, well, I'm a bricklayer. I'm working hard laying bricks to feed my family. Well, that makes sense, I suppose. But then he went to another, and the second bricklayer answered him and said, I'm a builder. I'm building a wall. But then Wren went to a third bricklayer. And this eventually, this man eventually would rise in rank above all the other craftsmen working on this cathedral. And when Wren asked him the question, what are you doing? The man had a smile on his face and he said, I'm a cathedral builder and I get to play a small part in building the greatest kingdom of all the kingdom of God. Now, my friends, that parable of probably a real life story really tells us this, that every Christian on earth is a kingdom builder. Did you realize that? Did you know that? Did you know that that is part and parcel of your purpose in life, of your destiny in life? And we're building a kingdom, not that is going to crumble, but we are building a kingdom that is unshakable, glorious, and eternal. But listen, some Christians, I think, view their work like the first two bricklayers viewed their work, not like the third bricklayer. So what is the kingdom of God? What is it? Let's turn in Matthew chapter 4, because we just read in Luke that Jesus was speaking about the kingdom. He wants people to understand what the kingdom of God is like. But I want to show you how the, the four gospel writers viewed the kingdom of God and Jesus' teaching on the kingdom of God. For example, in Matthew chapter 4, if you have a Bible, please turn with me to Matthew chapter 4 and verse 12. This is Jesus beginning his ministry. So that's instructive to us. Verse 12 of Matthew chapter 4. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been taken into custody, he withdrew into Galilee and leaving Nazareth, he came and settled in Capernaum, which is by 
the sea, the Sea of Galilee or the Sea of Capernaum. And that is in the region of Zebulon and Naphtali. Those are two of the the 12 um, brothers, and uh, they were the ones that were assigned or allotted territory throughout uh, Israel. They were the 12 um, uh, patriarchs of Israel. And Matthew says something important. He says, this was to fulfill what was spoken through Isaiah the prophet, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali by the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. This is remarkable that Jesus is going to the Jews first as their Messiah, but he also planned for salvation for the Gentiles. And Matthew goes on and says in verse 16, the people who were sitting in darkness saw a great light. And those who were sitting in the land and shadow of death, upon them a light dawned. There's the heart of God for the Gentiles in the Old Testament. And from that time, verse 17, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The reign, the rule, the blessing of being involved in the reign of God. But it can only be entered through repentance. That is through faith in Jesus Christ and submission to his will. And I asked a little while ago, have you done that, my friend? Have you given your life to Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to him? The only way that that you can enter the kingdom of God is through faith in him, and the result is what he calls being born again in John chapter 3. Have you been born again? Have you repented of your sins, which simply means turning away from your sin? Now, turn with me, if you will, to Mark chapter 1, Mark 1, and I want us to see Mark and his emphasis on Jesus preaching the kingdom of God right at the beginning of his ministry. Mark chapter 1 and verse 14. Now, after John had been taken into custody, Jesus came into Galilee preaching the gospel of God. That is the good news or great news of a life-changing event. And saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand, repent and believe in the gospel. Believe in the good news of his saving power. And so what we see here, my friends, is is that at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he places supreme importance on the kingdom of God, as we already saw in Luke chapter 13 and um, verses 18 through 21. Now, what I want to do is I want to take us back to that passage, but I want to read on beyond verse 21, because the the context is so important. 
Luke chapter 13, and we've already read verses 18 through 21. Now we're going to read verses 22 through 30 from Luke chapter 13. We're in the Know Your Faith series in the Gospel of Luke. And again, the title of this message today is, What is the Kingdom of God? We've already established that it is the rule and the reign of God in every sphere of society. I can add to it by saying that this reign, this rule, is a spiritual reign right now, and it only works in those who surrender to the will of God. Now, let me point something out, that in man's kingdoms, Every single society and culture is falling off the rails. Violence is widespread. Drugs are widespread. We've got war between Russia and the Ukraine. We have evildoers dominating those who have no power. We have corruption of every sort in every aspect of every single society. In my own nation, in the United States of America, our nation is becoming increasingly dangerous. Even children are being murdered in their schools. And the reason is because those in power in our nation, starting in our educational systems, have rejected the reign of God and instead are choosing their own authority. And that is a disaster. And so those people are not part of the kingdom of God. Well, Luke tells us in verse 22 of Luke 13, and he was passing through from one city and village to another, teaching and proceeding on his way to Jerusalem. Why was he going to Jerusalem? At this point, it was to go to the cross to deliver us from our sin. And someone said to him, Lord, are there just a few who are being saved? Now, why would he ask that question? Well, it's because at this time, by this time in Jesus' ministry, he is preaching in such a way that he is making it clear that his kingdom is not going, his messiahship is not going to vanquish the Roman government, but it's for the redemption of humanity. And he also has said, if you're not willing to pick up your cross daily and deny yourself, you and follow me, you can't even be my disciple. He's going to mention that again in Luke chapter 14. And so now, at this point, people are observing less and less people following Jesus. So he said, Lord, are there just a few who are being saved? And he said to them, watch this, my friends, in verse 24, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Once the head of the house gets up, verse 25, and shuts the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock on the door saying, Lord, 
open up to us. Then he will answer and say to you, I don't know where you're from. And then you will begin to say, but we ate and we drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. And he will say, I tell you, I do not know where you are from. Depart from me, all you evildoers. Verse 28, and in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you yourselves being thrown out. And they will come from east and west and from north and south and will recline at the table in the kingdom of God. And behold, some who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last. That's the nature of the kingdom of God. Now, my friends, where are you? Do you belong to Jesus or do you not? And if you don't, you can receive him as your Lord and Savior right this minute. You can be born again. You can be part of his kingdom. You can have forgiveness of sin. You can have eternal life. But you must be willing to surrender your life completely to him. And if you've never done that, then I'd like you to pray with me right now these words. Lord Jesus Christ. Pray with me. Lord Jesus Christ. I have not lived my life for you but I need you now. Lord, forgive me of my sin. Lord, rule and reign in my life. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in my life. And I will live for you and I will serve you all the days of my life. Thank you, Jesus, that you have heard my prayer. Thank you, Jesus, that you have forgiven me of my sin, that you have given me eternal life. And now let me pray for you. Father, thank you that there is more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous. And I pray, and many others in the, in the listening audience are, are praying with me, protect those that prayed this prayer from the powers of darkness and help them to get into an excellent Bible teaching church where they can grow. Now, my friends, if you are listening to this broadcast, you're, you're a believer, but you've not seen how vital your walk is with God, both presently and eternally. You've not, maybe you've not understood the kingdom of God. Maybe you're not taking your walk with God seriously. I'm going to pray a prayer for you right now as well. And I'd like you to pray with me. These words, Heavenly Father, pray with me. Heavenly Father, I have not taken my walk with you seriously. But I understand now through your word, and thank you for the timing of this message, how important it is for me 
to live under the Lordship of Jesus and to live in obedience to him. But I thank you that even in my disobedience, I can humble myself and repent of my sin and ask you to forgive me. And so I do that now. Father, forgive me of my casual attitude toward you and towards your kingdom. Cleanse me of my sin and my unrighteousness. Renew me so that I live all my days for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Before I close, I just want to say, I I think there's someone out there that's really going through a hard time. And I think the Lord really just wants me to encourage you that there is a pruning going on in your life. Read John chapter 15 and just yield to what it is the Lord wants to do in and through you. Well, until next week, may the Lord hold you in the palm of his hands. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Brad, for this outstanding message and time of ministry. Friends, Pastor Brad and his wife Maureen need a prayer team. Would you kindly consider praying for them on a daily basis? Thank you for your partnership. If you've been blessed by this ministry, please tell others about it. If you would like to partner with him financially, please go to his website at bradably.com. You can also check out his two devotionals and his commentaries on amazon.com. Until next time, we pray that our Lord stir you daily to have a greater heart after Him in every way.